Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Big Ten Powerhouse podcast. Uh, This is our second one this week uh as we get closer to march uh speeding things up so to speak uh but uh a lot of great a lot of great action over the last couple of days um yesterday iowa went on the road beat penn state in overtime illinois beat northwestern in a not so entertaining rivalry game but still pretty intense at the beginning um and maryland uh beat michigan at home to uh help cement its status as uh contender in March and uh potentially uh the number two seed in the Big Ten tournament. But uh but yeah, one of the one of the things uh I had promised on a previous podcast was that we were going to have uh Andrew Emmer over from Testito Times join us to chat about Maryland, who has kinda of hit the conference by storm, um having a great year so far. But uh but yeah, Andrew, um we're bringing him on and Andrew, can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I, I have you there, Thomas. All right, great. So, uh, um, obviously, Maryland has has hit the ground running, so to speak, in the Big Ten. Um, how how are things being perceived so far this this season uh, for Maryland fans? I think that nobody expected this. Uh, I mean, I came on the podcast before the year and said that I would be really happy, and I and I even thought that I was being optimistic and saying that Maryland could finish top five in the conference uh, and make the NCAA tournament, but uh, it's it's been kind of a a roller coaster ride, uh, like a thrill ride. You know, they're not blowing many teams out. And they haven't really blown anyone out since uh, January when they blew out Michigan State at home. Uh, yesterday's ten point win against, or was it a nine point win? Whatever it was against uh, Michigan was the closest they came. And I mean, they controlled that game for the majority of it after they went on that uh, that run at the end of the first half. But it's real. Everyone is. I mean, it's Maryland fans are, are pretty finicky and, and tend to kind of say the sky's falling at all times. So basically nobody has anything bad to say about the team right now. They're very likable. Uh, and it's just been a great season and a season that nobody saw coming. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, they've had two two big wins over the, the previous week. Um, I was hoping to get you on after that Wisconsin game, but things kind of, you know, fell through. But um, can, first, can you talk a little bit about that game, um, the environment looks pretty insane <laughs> on TV, and um, a little bit about you know what what you think that win means you know for Maryland either this year or just as a program. Uh, first of all, I mean the the win Maryland's had wins like that in the past when they haven't been that good. Uh, they beat Duke twice two years ago in a year that they probably should have made the NCAA tournament, but were, I mean literally probably one win shy of making the tournament. They, right after they beat Duke at home two years ago, uh, they went on the road and lost to Georgia Tech. You know, if they hadn't done that, they'd probably make the tournament. Uh, so, that, I mean, they've had big wins. You know, they, they beat Virginia in their last ACC home game last year when Virginia was number four, number five. So they, they've always had these big end of February wins, but they always 
feel like some sort of last-ditch effort to make a run at the tournament and get on the right side of the bubble. And it hadn't really paid off in the last five years. So this one, even going into it, I think I tweeted this, it felt different because they didn't need to win into the NCAA tournament or get in that conversation. It would help them, and it would be great, but it, it was really just a basketball game. Uh, but it turned out that, I mean, that win, I think legit, like, they had been beating a lot of teams by six or five or six points, even, you know, three points, one point in the weeks leading up to that, and not very good teams. So to show the world, to show uh, the Big Ten that they weren't just kind of skating by, they were they were capable of beating an elite team, well, I think was very important, and especially for the tournament committee. Uh, they can, they're proving that they can beat some of the best teams in the country, uh, even if it's just by a few points. Uh, and in terms of the environment, I wasn't at the game uh, on uh, Wednesday or Tuesday. It was on Tuesday. I wasn't at the game on Tuesday, but I've been to games like that in the past that have that kind of environment. And I really think that when they're at their best like that, Maryland is one of the best environments in the country. Uh, it's loud. It's boisterous. It can, it can get a little bit profane. Uh, Maryland fans are, don't really have that Midwest politeness yet. Maybe that'll come in time. But, uh, you know, there was a, you know, shut up, Bo Chance. And that's kind of a thing at Maryland, you know, telling the coach to shut up. There was shut up Tim Chance for 10 miles, too. And I love Tim Miles. So, you know, it's not just for the cross of the old coaches. Um, it really, I mean, and, and Dan Dockett said this uh, during the Michigan game yesterday, that he thought that, that the crowd was the best he'd seen in a while. Uh, and, you know, I'll, a little devil's advocate, Maryland fans can be a little bit fair weather, uh, as can most fans in the D.C. area. Uh, kind of, it's kind of a bandwagon town. But once <laughs> people are on the bandwagon, it's really, really, really well attended and and, uh, and pretty passionate. Uh, so it's been it's been a while since Maryland fans had this had this much to cheer about, but uh, it's really fun to watch now that it's now that it's happening. Yeah, definitely. And um, you know, one of the one of the notes that people may or may not have seen was that uh, Maryland fans did rush the court after after winning the game. And I, I did want to get your perspective on that. Do you do you think it was a legitimate court rushing or court storming, I should say, or uh, should they maybe have held off for? Uh, more of an upset, so to speak. I don't think Maryland was mm. favored, but they were definitely, you they know. They weren't. I actually think they were surprisingly, they were surprisingly uh, deep underdog, I believe. I think they were, they, they, Wisconsin was favored by six or seven points, which is really a, a lot for a road team in, a, I guess, a top 15 team. Uh, but I'm I'm just in favor of letting kids have fun. I mean, I rushed the court twice while I was at Maryland. One was my freshman year, one was my senior year, both times when they beat a top-five Duke team. Um, and it's just fun. And it's one thing when it gets dangerous, like it did against Kansas, for the Kansas State against Kansas uh, court storm, or, or in the past where um, like the New Mexico State game last year where there was a fight on the court afterwards. Like, that, that's a problem. And if there aren't precautions taken by um, – by the security and by the students in general, like it can, it can become a bad scene, and, and eventually, I mean, this is just inevitable. Eventually, something really bad is going to happen during one of these, and it's never going to happen again. Uh, but for the time being, if it's done safely, like it was uh, at Maryland on Tuesday, then I don't have any problem with it. It's fun; everyone gets to go celebrate. They are they got Wisconsin players off the court. Nobody took a swing at anybody. There wasn't a crush of people, you know, trampling over over each other. 
So, honestly, <laughs> people who have a problem with core storming probably need to get a hobby. <laughs> I um yeah, I, I'm generally on the on the same side. Um I, I think once in a while you'll get a, a really dumb court storming where it's Yeah, like when uh when they Indiana were favored or something. Minnesota. Yeah, Indiana beat yeah. Minnesota, <laughs> I think it's a new event. And you know, and yeah. and for people and I and I understand people saying, Well, you're Maryland, you know, you won a national championship not too long ago. You're you know, one of you know, a pretty brand name program, but if you think of like if you're a high, if you're a senior at Maryland this year, you've never been at school when Maryland made the NCAA tournament. The last time they made the NCAA tournament was when I was a freshman, and that was in 2010. Uh, and if you were again, if you're a senior or if you're in college now at Maryland, you were six or seven when Maryland won the national championship. So, mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? If you know, if me being from New York, or if you're you know a senior from West Orange, New Jersey. Like, what does the 2002 National Championship have anything to do with your life? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and I think, um, I think overall, I, I have not actually been in a course storming myself, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, whatever you want to term it. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's just kids having fun and excited about a, a big win, um, and and to kind of to kind of go off, um, that a little bit, um, obviously that has to be right up there with Maryland's best one of the year, if not the best. And um Well oh, I think that's their best I, win pretty, in probably a decade. <laughs> yeah, definitely really a huge win. Um every other yeah, time they've had one of those big wins it hasn't really ended up meaning anything. Mhm. And and that and that's something I c I kinda wanted you to talk about a little bit. Um obviously, you know, the Big Ten's had two newcomers this year. They had Nebraska a couple years ago. Um, but I, I don't think anyone, especially in basketball, has made the splash that Maryland's made instantly. Um, and I kind of, I kind of want to get your perspective on first off how you think the entrance to the Big Ten has went. Obviously, you know they've been playing well, but just in general, day to day, how it's being perceived, and kind of where you might see Maryland fitting in over the next couple of years based on this year. Um, I think that. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. At, at, at the beginning, when, it, when the, a move was first announced, I think especially in basketball, there was a lot of pushback to it. So Maryland has, you know, and HC basketball are so intertwined. And how you know, Gary Williams had the third most all-time ACC conference wins uh, at the time of his retirement, behind only Coach K and Dean Smith. So it's really, I mean, that was a big deal, ACC basketball. But uh, you know, we talked. I'm going to talk about this before, but. By the, you know, in the past years, you know, Virginia Tech playing ACC basketball, Pitt playing ACC basketball, or Miami playing ACC basketball, like, that's not the ACC that Maryland fans really cared about. The ACC was that Maryland fans cared about when, when there was a double round robin and everyone played everyone twice. And, you know, you, went, you knew that every year Duke was coming in and you were going to Cameron. And every year you were going to play at the Dean Smith, the, the Dean Dome, and UNC was going to play at Maryland. And, even Wake Forest and NC State, which honestly, of all the teams that uh, were in the ACC, that was the team that I disliked the most was NC State. Um, <laughs> but that's that's long gone. So you still have a few stragglers here or there that will talk about not liking the Big Ten brand of basketball and low scoring and physical play. But especially with the success, it's been I don't you know I think ninety five percent of fans are completely in favor of it. Um, 
And, you know, maybe you don't get the – you know, a win over a top five Wisconsin team doesn't quite feel the same yet as a win over a top five Duke team or a top five UNC team. But mm-hmm. it's going to get there, and it still feels pretty great. Um, and in terms of Maryland's kind of quick um, impact on the conference, like I thought before the season that if everything went well, this would sort of be like Texas A&M's first year playing SEC football when they Johnny Manziel and they beat Alabama and they kind of everyone kind of thought they were going to be an afterthought. And that first year, they made a huge, a huge statement, um, and it kind of has turned out that way. You know, they're probably not going to win the conference. I mean, it's still possible. If they win the next two games against uh, Nebraska and Rutgers and Wisconsin drops two of their next three against uh, Michigan State at Minnesota and at Ohio State, which is not out of the question, Maryland would win the conference, which would be incredible. Um, but they're still established themselves as a top-tier team in the conference. And, and moving forward, there's really no reason why they can't be a top-five or top-four team every single year. Uh, they recruit well. Mark Church is probably going to be the Big Ten coach of the year. Uh, they are in, if not the best, then the second best uh, recruiting hotbed in the conference behind, you know, perhaps Indiana and, and maybe Chicago, but uh, I don't know about Northwestern out-recruiting Maryland, uh, yeah. maybe Illinois at some point, uh, if they, you know, can really make inroads with those elite recruits in Chicago. Uh, but they already have, you know, elite recruit. An elite point guard recruit in 2016, and and they really, I've I've always thought under Mark Turgeon, if they could just get momentum in the program, uh, they would they could really take off and be an elite program. Uh, and this year it could be that momentum. They just have to kind of carry it forward and, and see what they can do, you know, in the tournament this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they kind of move forward. Um, they definitely seem to be, you know, on top of things a little better than Rutgers. But uh, um, it'll be interesting to see how they how things progress. Um, but uh, moving on from kind of the Wisconsin win, more towards the the Michigan game here on Saturday. Um, the you know I, I got a chance to watch the whole game, and uh, um, the big guy that just looked fantastic was Melo Trimble, who I think the entire Big Ten has gotten to know pretty well by now. But um, can you talk a little bit about what, what you think he means, whether he has any shot at Big Ten freshman of the year, you know, with Russell, Russell's play, but um, and what what you see of him going forward? Um, I mean, I was a huge, huge fan of, of Trimble for a long time now. I remember when he first committed, he committed to Maryland in 2002. 12, if you can believe that. He committed to Maryland a long, long time ago when he was just starting his junior year in high school. Uh, and mm-hmm. he kind of, I mean, everyone knew he was good, and he committed so early that he never, you know, got those big-time offers because everyone, you know, the coaches just kind of, you know, he never got a Kentucky offer or a Kansas offer or, you know, even like an Arizona offer. Um, he, I mean, when, Mar- when he committed to Maryland, he had offers from Villanova and DePaul and, Xavier and Marquette, but you know, not, not none of the real, real elite recruiting programs. And so I think that's one of the reasons why he never – he was only, I think, a five-star at the very, very end of the process and only on ESPN. I think everyone else still had him as a four-star. And, he, you know, he was not really a top 30 recruit. He was kind of in that 25 to 35 range in most recruiting services. But 
I, I went and watched a game of his about a year ago when he was still in high school, and coming out of that game where he kind of put his team on his back, and he really had no one around. A very, he didn't have much around him his senior year of high school. Uh, he had a really good team his junior year, and they actually won the uh, WCAC, which is the local Catholic league, which is one of the better uh, high school uh, basketball leagues in the country. They won that his junior year when they had a lot of talent, like um, – Junior Eto, who's on Rutgers now, was on that team, uh, and and uh, so I lost my train of thought. Anyway, so he wasn't an elite elite recruit, but everyone that had seen him play knew that he was going to be something special. Uh, and he, but he's even blown past my expectations. Uh, I thought that he would maybe average eight, maybe ten points a game, few rebounds, a few assists. I thought that would be really good if he was able to do that. But he's averaging, I think. 20 points a game in the last month. He is, he, I think, the best player on the team, even though Des Wells has been playing great so far, uh, so especially in the last month. Uh, and I I can make the argument that I think he should be Big Ten freshman of the year. I mean, Russell's incredible, and Russell's easily the better pro prospect. Uh, but I think Trimble's had a better season, if that makes sense. Uh, he is the point guard from day one on a top – you know, 15 team, they might be a top 10 team. He, you know, there's a lot of talent on the team, but it's been Trimble and then kind of everybody else in terms of consistency this year. Uh, Des Wells has been in and out. He's injured for a month. Jake Lehman has been great for stretches, but, it's, you know, he kind of requires Mello to get him the ball. Uh, there's basically no offensively uh, gifted big men on the team besides Lehman, uh, and he's, you know, Kind of a three playing four, uh, so it's been. I mean, that's been that's been the difference for Maryland this year. Trimble by himself has been the difference between a team that didn't go to the NIC last year and a team that's going to be three or four seed in the NCAA tournament this year. Um, so just in terms of most valuable and impact wise, and he he has the stats. I mean, he's he's putting up ridiculous stats as well. I just think that he's having a better season than, than D'Angelo Russell. Um, that's, I mean, I know I'm being a little bit of a homer, uh, and I still think that Russell will probably win it. Uh, but and I don't, and Triple might not even be first team All Big Ten, even though I think he deserves it. Um, but he's been an absolute savior for Maryland, and luckily for Maryland, he's not an elite pro prospect. He's, you know, I don't know if he can dunk. He's not a great distributor yet. His jump shot's still pretty inconsistent. Uh, so. He'll, probably, he'll certainly be here for another year, I would imagine. Uh, and he could be here for three or four years. I mean, it's not – he's really not like uh, – even Tyler Ennis last year was more athletic, more explosive, longer. I mean, Trimble's, Trimble's you know, 6'2", but he's not uh, really very long at this point. Uh, or, I mean, he won't probably – he's not going to grow, I would imagine. Um, so – Maryland's going to get him for another two, you know, another two years probably, and if if he's this good now, I mean, I would imagine he's going to be the the preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. It's either going to be him or or Yogi Ferrell probably uh, for next year, um, and he'll you know he'll probably be a you know preseason All American list and potential you know National Player of the Year. I mean, a, a good a good uh, I think. Um, Comparison for him would kind of be Trey Burke, which you, which you saw at Michigan. You know, he, you know, a pretty good recruit who completely outperformed expectations as a freshman. 
uh, I mean, took it even another level uh, as a sophomore was a player of the year in the country. That's an interesting comparison. Um, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to think about that more, but um, I, I do think there are there are some similarities. Watch him. Um, I mean, if, if you got similar. to watch, yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is that you know Burke Burke obviously had incredible stats his, his sophomore year, but his freshman year he didn't necessarily like have insane stats, but it was just. If you ever watched that Michigan team that year, he controlled everything. Like, he was the best player on that team, and I, I don't think a ton of people realized it the first year. And uh, that's an interesting comparison. I could see that with Trimble um, maybe next year. But uh, I'm sure Maryland fans will hope for that. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I just had a couple other questions here. Um, I, I think the big one, um, we're obviously officially in March today, Um and one more week of conference play, Big Ten tournament, and then the NCAA tournament. Um, I think it's clearly a safe bet Maryland will make it into the field. Um, uh, first off, where where do you see them coming as a seed? I know I've seen projections two to four um, as a number two seed or three or four. Um, and do you think this team could actually make a, a deep run um, in the NCAA tournament? In terms of seeding, I think it's pretty clear they're going to be between a two and a four seed. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. I think if they win out, if they win every single game the rest of their season and win or even potentially even make the Big Ten tournament uh, final, I think they'll be a two seed. Um, at that point, I think they would be – if they were to win the Big Ten tournament, which is not out of the question, uh, I think they would be 29-5 and five and have wins over Wisconsin at Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Michigan State twice, Indiana once, probably and then they would twice. probably. Oh yeah, exactly. It would be Wisconsin twice, or another, you know, an Ohio State, or you know, Michigan State again, or maybe even Indiana again. Um, so that would be a pretty strong resume. They would still have no bad losses, uh, and I think that would be they would be knocking on the door at least of a two seed. I think if they lose out, which means they lose both their road games remaining to Rutgers and to Nebraska, and then lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. I think they would still be a four seed or a five seed, uh, just because they, those would be the only bad losses on their resume. They'd still have all their good losses. They still have a very good record, uh, but obviously, you know, that would not be a good a good way immensely to go into the tournament. And I think if anything in between, if they maybe drop one of these next two or only win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament, I think that they'll be a, a three seed. And in terms of okay. making a run in the tournament. Uh, I mean, it's hard to tell. I, I mean, I haven't really watched a tournament as a fan in so long. And it's hard to really remember, you know, what it takes for, you know, the team to make a, a tournament run. I think the, the, the thing that's really going for them is that the tournament is won by guard, you know, great guard play. And they Maryland has two great guards in Trimble and Wells. And they have a, a guy with, uh, with Lehman who is just a matchup nightmare for anybody. Uh, the problem is they, they still have basically nothing offensively from their big men. Uh and we don't know how severe this injury to Michael Tchaikovsky is. Um, so it's hard, you know, and he, you know, he was excellent against Wisconsin. Uh, and if, if they're missing him for a significant amount of time, that's going to be a, a big detriment to them. Um, but, I, you know, I could see them. Honestly, I could see them being upset in the first round by some hot shooting mid-major team. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and I could see them making the Elite Eight. I, I think anything in that range is, uh, is possible. 
All right. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of how I see it shaking out. It'll be interesting. Um, you know, obviously, the the field, the route you get to the final four is always the most important thing. But um, this year, it seems like the it has a very strong set of two seeds this year, or at least projected. Mm-hmm. So that'll it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, but yeah, I I just had uh, one one other question, which isn't as Maryland related, but I thought um, you could have an interesting perspective on this. Um, is it, I talked about this in our last podcast, but um, as I'm sure you know, the new Big Ten schedule came out, or at least the opponents for every team. Um, and the the big fluff, I guess, is that pretty much every rivalry game in the Big Ten will only have play once next year instead of twice. Um, and I know you talked about that kind of happening in the ACC, that you, know, you may not get a home game against Duke um, every year and so on. Um, I was interested what your take on that, whether the Ten needs to look into making a solution. Does Maryland want, you know, if, if for instance, the Big Ten did say, okay, we're going to protect, you know, these rivalries, you know, Indiana, Purdue, Michigan, Michigan State, so on, would Maryland fans be upset, for instance, if Maryland didn't have a protected rivalry or if they tried to force one kind of, um, maybe in football, the Maryland Rutgers thing, um, if they tried to create something like that. Um, yeah, I'm just curious your take on, on that issue. Uh, I'm not sure how Maryland fans, I'm not sure how much they care, really, uh, just being new in the conference yeah. and not really having a rival uh, at, at this point. And I'm not even sure if Maryland is ever going to necessarily have a real basketball rival. Um, I mean, maybe Indiana just because they have a little bit of history, uh, but Indiana has Purdue, and, and uh, honestly, the, the best, the closest they will get to a rivalry is going to be with Penn State. As, as an overall rivalry, is going to be with Penn State. I think there's a lot of you know dislike there already. Actually, I know there's a lot of dislike there, dislike there already. <laughs> and if, if they're going to give everyone in the conference a protected rival, honestly, I wouldn't mind beating Penn State twice in a year, guaranteed every year. Uh, that would be fun, you know. Uh, every year, Penn State fans kind of think that their team is going to be good, and, and and then they're always not. Kind of, it kind of you know warm. It's it's something you can set your watch to. It's Penn State fans kind of talking themselves up about the year, going twelve and one against a horrifically bad non-conference schedule, and then winning three games in the conference. Um, <laughs> so it's it really. I'm, I'm not sure I really have an opinion on it, just because I don't. I don't know who Maryland's rival would be. I don't know who they would protect. I mean, it's not. It would be fun to you know watch Michigan, Michigan State every year. Uh, but there are so many good teams in the conference that are you know generally pretty good. Like even teams like Indiana and Ohio State who aren't having great years this year are going to have good years. I mean, Ohio State will probably be a very good team next year, even if they lose D'Angelo Russell. They have a really good class coming in. Uh, and Wisconsin's always going to be good, and Indiana's going to be good in the future, and Michigan would probably be back, although I'm not sure the recruiting. When you talk about this, they made a different talent. I, I, I'm concerned with uh, Michigan's recruiting. I just I think that when you lose so much talent all the time, uh, you really need to recruit at an, an elite level to make sure that you're consistently good. Um, but, I mean, there's not very, there's very few bad teams, in the, like bad programs in the conference. And even a team like Northwestern has shown they're really frisky and they really, you know, have some, some nice talent in there with Vic Law and Brian McIntosh. They're going to be good at some point, probably. I mean, I feel like we've been saying this for a long time with Northwestern. Uh, but 
you know, even if you don't get two games of Michigan, Michigan State, or two games of Indiana, Purdue every year, like you're going to get Indiana, Ohio State, or, or Michigan, Ohio State, or Wisconsin, Maryland, and and you know Iowa, Illinois. Like these are all good games that are going to happen regardless. Um, so if it's if there's a way to protect them without screwing over other teams, uh, that's fine. Like I, I don't want as a Maryland fan. I'm not sure if this would ever really happen, but I don't want to see them getting docked to see in the tournament because they played Penn State and Rutgers twice instead of playing, you know, Wisconsin or, or Michigan State twice. But, you know, Michigan got to play Michigan State and Ohio State twice just because those are protected rivalries. Um, that, I'm not sure that that would be fair. Uh, but, yeah, I guess that's a pretty rambling way to say it. I don't, I don't know if I have an opinion on it. <laughs> yeah, I um. I'm very, very strongly in support of protecting rivalries, but um, I, I did think it would be interesting to get a, you know, one of the newcomers' perspective on it, um, just because you know Maryland doesn't have those rivalry games yet, you know, if they ever do develop them. Um, but yeah, that'll be, it's going to be interesting because I know there are a lot of fans of the, you know, of you know Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Purdue, who are really getting irked by this, um, and you know with with more teams, it's going to happen more often. So uh, I, I, I got to say, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't mind not really having a rival because I, you know, in in the years that I've been a Maryland fan, it sort of felt like, you know, the Duke game kind of defined the season, and we always, you know, measured ourselves by Duke and uh, UNC. Kind of has been up and down in the years that I've been a fan. Uh, but you know, if Maryland, you know, didn't beat Duke or got embarrassed by Duke or you know, just didn't like it was always about Duke, and you know, it, you know, and going into the NC State game, for example, like if you didn't beat NC State, like you kind of felt embarrassed, and like you didn't want to, you know, because there were so many, you know, more of the low of the fans kind of mixing together in Maryland and in DC. Like if you, you know, you're more likely to run into a Virginia fan or an NC State fan or a UNC fan than you are to like an Iowa fan or an Illinois fan. So you kind of, it was about bragging rights, and you know I didn't want to lose to Virginia twice because then after my friends went to Virginia, I'd go, God, you know, Super Virginia, always getting us, and now they're all now they're so good, and you didn't want to lose to you know, Virginia Tech because that would be embarrassing. They're always terrible, and BC for whatever reason always seems to kind of have Maryland's number in basketball, which is embarrassing. But for for Big Ten, it's like okay, you know, we lost to Illinois. That's you know it wasn't great. I'd rather we beat them, but it's not like I know many Illinois fans, so it's not there's not a ton of bragging rights going on. Yeah, I, I can understand that perspective. I think I think for me, you know, being a Michigan fan with uh, you know, we have big rivalries with Michigan State and Ohio State in basketball, but um, I, I think you know, I think even this year is a good example in the sense that like Michigan is obviously not a great team this year. Um, you know, barring a miracle in the Big Ten tournament. They're not going to be in the NCAA tournament. They're probably going to have to get lucky to make the NIT, to be honest. Um, but I can tell you, the Chrysler was still electric when we played Michigan State, when we played Ohio State, and it will not be electric on Saturday when we play Rutgers. I can attest guys, to that. <laughs> you, you're going to, you know, say Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State is a pretty – has a pretty rough schedule the rest of the way. Well, they, they play Purdue today, right? And then they play. Well, they play Purdue at home. They play, and, and, mm. Yeah, they have Purdue, who they can lose to, and they have Wisconsin, who they probably will lose to. And who, who's the other team that they have left to play? 
Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if they have another. So anyway, so. Uh, so oh, they, oh, Penn State in the middle of the week. Okay, so they'll they'll be Penn State. But say say they lose those two games, they that they might lose, and say they lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, like that. Ohio State might not make the NCAA tournament, and Michigan mm-hmm. fans, even if you're even if you're not going to make it, like you you can kind of point to say, ha, we we screwed them over. You know, if they if they had just beaten us, you know, we kind of ruined that. We ruined the Enzo Russell's only season in the conference. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's under, and that's and that's always fun. I mean, that's uh, I mean, Maryland has had seasons like that where they're not very good, but then they go and they you know go into beat NC State or something, or go and beat. I mean, Duke, now you can't really ever ruin Duke's season. But, I mean, in, in 2002, Maryland won at Cameron on Shane Battier and uh, Shane Battier's senior night. Well, Shane Battier and Mike Dunleavy's senior night. And that kind of screwed up their, you know, that kind of ruined their season, even though they ended up, mm-hmm. I think, making the final four the next year, the Elite Eight, one of the two. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- that kind of stuff is always fun in a rivalry game, just to kind of see, screw with the other fans. And I, Maryland will have a rival eventually. I mean, I know Indiana fans kind of don't like Maryland because of 2002, and Maryland fans kind of don't like Iowa because of Adam Woodbury. And uh, <laughs> so there are there are there is history, and Maryland fans don't like Penn State because they're Penn State. Um, so it's there, there's going to be something that's going to boil. And obviously, Maryland fans do not like Michigan State at all because of 2010. Uh, so it's not going to be, you know, sans emotion, but it's going to be just a little, little getting used to. And, and winning a lot of games in, in their first year is going to help. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think something will develop, and I, I think you're right on the Penn State thing. I think one of these years something will <laughs> happen to, to start it. But, um, yeah, I, I think it, I think that's an interesting perspective. I know, um, you know, for me, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, even in those down years, you know, it's a big game. It gets, you know, it, that was a CBS game, which, you know, Michigan's not an NCAA tournament team, and that's a nationally broadcast game just because it's a rivalry yeah, game. Um, yeah, and I mean, the thing is, is it's, um, I, I think it's just telling when those type of games, you know, get the exposure just because they know, you know, people want to watch Michigan, Ohio State, people want to watch Indiana, Purdue, like even even last year when Indiana and Purdue were not good. <laughs> um, you know, it was still a big game just because of that. Yes, people want to see Spike. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of protecting some of the rivalry games. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Probably nothing will happen. But uh, uh, always interesting to talk about. But, uh, all right, well, Andrew, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Um, and, uh, you can you can check out Andrew's stuff on Twitter or on Testito Times. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Oh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Thanks. Again, that was uh, Andrew Emmer from uh, Testito Times uh, talking about Maryland and the Big Ten in general. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see if you know if the Big Ten protects anything, if Maryland can develop a rivalry and kind of where they fit in long term. But uh, just just wanted to do one last thing before we uh we take off here on our shortened Sunday podcast. Um just wanted to go through the the five well, I should say six bubble teams here for the Big Ten. Um just to go through kind of what what's coming up, what I see happening, um and so on. We'll we'll start with Indiana who is 
by most accounts pretty safe, but um, they do they do have two games. They have Iowa at home, Michigan State at home over the next week. Um, big games. They're 19 and 10 right now. Um, they're going to need another win for sure. Um, if they can be one of those teams, I think they're safe as long as they don't lose to anyone bad in the Big Ten tournament. Um, both those games are slightly above 50% odds per Ken Palm. So I think, um, you know, if Indiana can at least steal one of those, I think they're all right. But Indiana, I, you know, my projection, I would say, is, is in at this point. Um, moving on to a, a team Andrew was talking about, Ohio State. Um, they have three more games. They have Purdue at home, Penn State on the road, and then Wisconsin at home. Um, Purdue and Penn State, they're both um, pretty solid favorites in those two games. And then they're a slight underdog against uh, Wisconsin at home. Um, I overall I, I think they're relatively safe. They're twenty and eight um right now. They do have they have not a lot to show for the non conference slate, but you know, they they've beaten a good hunk of, of teams in conference. They've beaten Indiana, they beat Illinois, um and they have a shot to beat Purdue today and uh you know, if they can beat Wisconsin they're definitely in. So I think as long as they can get score a one win and beat Penn State um, I think they're solid, uh, solidly. And so, you know, my projection here would, would still be in <laughs> for Ohio State. Uh, moving on to Iowa, um, Iowa's 19-10. and 10. They beat Illinois and Penn State over the last few days, Penn State in overtime, but they did get the win on the road. Um, now they're going to travel to Indiana and then close with Northwestern. I think Iowa is safe as long as they beat Northwestern at home. Um, they did lose to them a couple of weeks ago, so that's a red flag. But, you know, they beat North Carolina. They swept Ohio State. They beat Maryland. They beat Minnesota. They they have a lot of wins um, here, and really their only bad loss is Northwestern. I think as long as they can avoid that second loss to the Wildcats, they, they should be safe, um, I'd say, projected in. Um, right now, and and granted, the you know the thing I wanna I wanna stress as well, big teams. Uh, we don't know the Big Ten tournament matchups yet. We don't know where they're gonna be seated. There's a lot of movement coming, um, so it's really too hard to say, um, you know, how that could impact things now. But overall, I, I think Iowa, Ohio State, Indiana are pretty safe as long as they each win at least one more game. Ohio State probably two. Um, moving on to the Spartans. Michigan State. They are 19-9 right now. They just lost to Minnesota. They have Wisconsin, Purdue, and Indiana uh, to close up the season. Uh, Wisconsin, Indiana on the road. That Wisconsin game is today. I I kind of see them in a similar spot as Indiana where they need to win. They need to be Purdue or they need to be Indiana. Purdue is the most likely one since it's at home. They have a 77% chance to win per Ken Palm in that game. Um, it's going to be tough. I could very easily see them losing all three of those games, to be honest. Um, and I think they have to win another game. I just don't see them making it without without winning one of those uh, games there because they do have that. They lost to Texas Southern. They lost to Nebraska. Um, those, are, those are tough losses um, that aren't going to be easy to overcome. So I think they really do need to be at least at 20 mark. Um, again, they're 19 wins right now. They need one more to get there. And after that, I think I think they'll be pretty safe. But, um, yeah, that Purdue game on Wednesday is going to be huge for the Spartans. 
um, speaking at Purdue. Um, well, I, I should say Michigan State, I would project in, but very, very tentatively. <laughs> um, moving on to Purdue here. They finish up with Ohio State on the road today, Michigan State on the road, and then Illinois at home. They are 19-9 and right now. Really solid conference record of 11-4. Um, they're, they're kind of in a similar situation where they need to win a game. Because um, if they lose against Ohio State and Michigan State on the road, it's not going to be too bad. But they need they need a win because um, their, their non-conference slate is rough, too. Lost to Gardner-Webb, lost to North Florida. A lot of close for Michigan State's resume than I think people think. Um, but they, they are going to need um, another win, I think, and probably two. I think they're going to have to win their first Big Ten game um, in the tournament, unless they can score two here. Uh, but yeah, they're going to, they're going to be on the bubble. Um, in all honesty, I, I think they're going to get in. But um, yeah, <laughs> I don't really even want to project. I just say bubble here because um, they, they're going to need to be Illinois, who uh, um, is also fighting to get in. And moving on to to Illinois. They're 18-11. They beat Northwestern last night. Um, they have Nebraska and Purdue um, remaining. They are solid underdogs to Purdue, solid favorites against Nebraska. So I, I think realistically you're looking at 19 wins for Illinois heading into Chicago. Um, and right now um, I, I don't feel great about them beating Purdue. Um, they also lost to Michigan on the road. They lost to Minnesota. They lost to Nebraska. Um they lost to a Miami team that's not that great. Um, I think Illinois, I would project out right now unless they, they're going to have to score maybe two wins in Chicago to really feel safe. But but otherwise, that's I, I don't see them really making it. Um, but overall, I, out of those, that, that would put the big turn with Maryland and Wisconsin at seven teams. Um and then with the potential for Illinois to, to jump in. Um, again, I, I think Michigan State, Purdue, and Illinois are the teams that you really need to keep an eye on. Um, you know, obviously, depending on the outcomes of today, with Michigan State on the road against Wisconsin and Purdue on the road against Ohio State. But assuming Ohio State and Wisconsin win those games today, I think Ohio State will be pretty safe. And I think um, the Spartans will have a little, a little work to do. But overall, it, it should be a, a wild last week. Um, the Big Ten tournament should be really entertaining. But, but yeah, that's that's all we have this week. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out. Uh, I'm Thomas Bendit, the editor-in-chief over at Big Ten Powerhouse. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter, at tbendit. Um, but, yeah, thanks, everyone.